0: Well, we are continuing in our series, Made to Thrive, and we are in part two of a uh, three-part series uh, within our, it's a mini-series within our series. We started talking last week about what it takes to thrive at home. Thriving at home. And I, I started out by saying last week that thriving at home really takes the team effort in order to thrive at home, no matter what your home looks like. And we uh, we looked at the fact that there are many kinds of homes. That uh, uh, There's homes uh, that are made of, of single people or uh, single folks living together, uh, of uh, single people living with family members. You've got married couples. You've got mixed uh, mixed marriages you 've got uh, families with little kids and older kids and kids in college you 've got empty nesters and uh, and just you have widowers you 've got the the whole spectrum and so we recognize that every home is different every home is different, not just because of the circumstance of that home but also. The personalities that we bring into our homes—that we're each one of us has a different personality, a different temperament. We all have different backstories, that where we've come from in our our uh, our journey in life, but even beyond that, in our heritage, uh, in our lineage, that that whole story has an impact on who we are. Of course, ethnicity has a huge impact, and culture has a huge impact on our homes, and so. Uh, with, without having to address all of those nuances, the goal here really is to focus on the things that are common, the commonalities. So no matter what the home circumstances that you find yourself in, there's some things that, that we can commit ourselves as we look at the, the Word of God, as we look at God's instruction for our lives. And so, uh, again, we talked about last week that, that uh, thriving at home really takes a team effort. Uh, that there's got to be just this all in. We're, we're going to work together to accomplish this. And I showed that clip from Apollo 13 where they the team of engineers and, and scientists and doctors have to come up with a solution to bring the astronauts home from space uh, after that catastrophe. And, and they're able to put their heads together and and accomplish that. And so the question I posed was this, with all of this complexity, with all of these different kinds of homes and all kinds of situations and circumstances, how can we thrive at home? How can we thrive at home? Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 12 says this, two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep uh, warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. And so Solomon, who wrote Ecclesiastes uh, talks here about the impact and the power and the dynamic that two can have versus one person by themselves, and and the team effort that comes into play. And of course, this passage can be applied to all kinds of uh, relationships and and uh, circumstances, whether at home or work, in the church, and uh, and all kinds of places. But but here we're speaking specific specifically about the home, and so if there there are multiple people in your home, this is what he's saying is you've got to come together there's got to be this this working together that happens, and when you do when that working together happens, that there is a support that that that's inherent in that there is a a blessing that comes through that there's the ability to keep each other warm there's the ability to to defend one another and so this is the posture that we need to have uh, in our lives when it comes to our relationships with each other, that we are better together. We are better together. Uh, my point last week, just as a point of recap, the first point of this, this message was this, that we need to invite God into our homes, that this team effort involves the Lord that he has to be involved in what is going on in your lives, and and the reality is this, is that God doesn't force himself. He waits for that invitation, a daily invitation, a moment-by-moment invitation to be invited into your home, into your situations, into your the, the struggles, into the joys, that we would invite God, that we actively say, God, we're inviting you into our midst. Be a part of what is happening in our lives well today i want to move on to the second point and the second point is this in order to thrive at home part of this team effort is you have to clarify expectations you have to clarify expectations now let's just be honest we all have expectations we all have expectations and we all have expectations in all kinds of areas We have expectations at work. We have expectations uh, at home. We have expectations of the government. We have expectations of the church. We have expectations of God. We have expectations of the people driving on the road with us or on the freeway with us. We're going to expect that they stay in their lane and they make good choices while they're driving, that they use their turn signal. These are all expectations that we have. When when it comes to our homes, expectations or rather misplaced expectations and assumptions can have all kinds of negative impacts. They can lead to all kinds and wreak all kinds of havoc in our homes. So misplaced expectations or assumptions Another way of saying it, expectations that that are are uh, internal expectations that we just think about are, are assumptions. I have an assumption that someone will do something, act a certain way, do certain things, um, and and you can probably probably fill in the gap with assumptions that you even have uh, of the people in, in in your home. So misplaced expectations and assumptions can lead to battles that we fight. They can lead to incredible battles that we fight is, is one of the things that causes strife in the home is misplaced expectations and misguided expectations and assumptions that we would have. It can lead to battles with the people around us, but it also leads to this. And I believe we've all experienced this, that my expectations and my assumptions can lead to battles that I fight in my heart and in my mind. I know how many of you uh, have experienced having an argument with someone in your head they're not even in the room they might not even be in the same state but you are having an argument something has happened they haven't met an expectation or you have an assumption there's some kind of rift that's there and you start having that dialogue in your head there's that internal speak that happens and man it can lead to a battle it can lead to increased anxiety and stress in our lives, and so there's this these battles that we fight internally, these battles that we fight in our heads and our hearts, and very often it spills over into actually being our battles that we fight, arguments that we have with the people around us. And I believe that so much of the tension that we see in our world, uh, in our nation, uh, in our state, in the church today, uh, over all kinds of things, really comes down to expectations, misguided, misplaced expectations and assumptions that we have of other people to, to act, to behave, to do certain things that, that we expect them to do. Here's what's amazing about the Lord is he always communicates with us clearly. When you go to scripture, you don't have to go far to discover that God clearly communicates his expectations for us. It's one of the things about, I love about the Lord, is that he doesn't beat around the bush, that he doesn't play mind games, that he is clear in his expectations of uh, how we respond to him how we come to faith, and how we would live our lives. That that scripture is full of instruction and the, communi- the communicating of God's heart to us about what his expectations are for our lives. Listen to a couple of them. Micah 6.8 in the Old Testament, the prophet Micah says this, He has shown you, O mortal, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you? So what does the Lord require of you? It's this, to act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. This is God communicating expectations to us. What does the Lord to require, O oh, mortal, O oh, human person? Here, Here's what God requires, that you would act justly, that you would love mercy, and that you would walk humbly. Now, are these the only expectations that God has? Not at all. There, there's so many more. The Ten Commandments are a list not just of laws or or commands but they're expectations that of that God has of how we will live our lives and he communicates those to us he lets us know what those are so God has shown you what is good he's given you an example in his very life we talk about looking at the life of Jesus and following his example and how many of us our lives would look very different If we would commit ourselves to saying, I'm going to do the things that Jesus does. I'm going to follow his lead, follow his example in my life. So he sets that expectation for us. Another example comes even further back in Deuteronomy in the Old Testament. Deuteronomy 6, 17 through 19. This is when the children of Israel are coming out of Egypt and they're coming into the promised land and uh, they've not been under any kind of, uh, they've been under the the Egyptian rule, but they were were slave drivers, they were taskmasters, and, and now they're under the covering of a loving God who says, I want to show you, I want to teach you how to live in this land that I'm leading you into, how to be with each other and how to live amongst each other. And this is the expectation that he gives in Deuteronomy 6, 17. He says this, be sure to keep the commands uh, commands of the Lord your God and the stipulations and decrees he has given you. He has given you. So God has given them what those expectations, those decrees, those stipulations he's given them. Do what is right and good in the Lord's sight, so that it may go well with you, and you may go in and take over the good land the Lord has promised an oath, uh, as an oath to your ancestors, thrusting out all your enemies before you, as the Lord has said. Do the things I've told you to do. Hear the decrees, hear the stipulations, and And at the end of the day, do what is right and is good. And he goes into great detail about unpacking what that looks like. Again, the Ten Commandments is a great starting point. Uh, All throughout Scripture, Jesus shares. Paul, Peter, James, they all talk about the expectations that God would have for us. So expectations are a big deal in Scripture. That is my point. Expectations are a big deal in Scripture, but they're clearly communicated. See, here's the thing. So many of the battles we fight in our lives and in our homes are the result of unmet and unclear expectations. Let me say that again. So many, in fact, I would venture to guess almost all of the battles that we fight in our homes, the places where we have tension, the the places where there's disruption in our lives and brokenness even in our lives, in our marriage, in our friendships, in our relationships are the result of unmet expectations. When I uh, have the opportunity to, to counsel a young couple who are maybe looking to get married, we'll go through pre- premarital counseling. We talk about that. We talk about how so often couples find that their very first arguments happen the week after the honeymoon. As they start uh, making a home together and these there's these expectations, they start uh, running into or unmet expectations, and it's so often just the little things, right? How many people have had an argument over the way the, the the placement of the silverware drawer, or how something is organized in a cupboard? Those might seem so little, but it's the little places, it's those little things that the, the enemy wants to use to bring disruption, that he wants to capitalize on to bring strife into our homes. And so, so many of the battles we fight are the result of unmet expectations. The enemy is waiting for the opportunity to exploit them. We say things or we think things like, I expect you to fill in the blank. I expect you to do this, I expect you to do that. But here's the problem. So often that expectation remains an internal expectation. It's not communicated. It's not something that that two parties have agreed to, and we'll talk. I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit. Pete Scazzaro, who wrote Emotionally Healthy Spirituality and and the Emotionally Healthy Relationships course, he talks about expectations in his book, Uh, and he says this, that very often expectations uh, are unconscious, they're unrealistic, they're unspoken, and they're unagreed upon. They're unconscious, unrealistic, unspoken, and unagreed upon. I me mean, walk through those briefly through each one of those. They're unconscious. what's an unconscious uncon- expectation? Well this is where your family of origin really comes into play. So if I grew up in a home where things were done a certain way and you can fill in the blank, whatever that would be cooking cooking a meal, how you tie the trash bag. You know, the use of the garage, whatever whatever it would be, the, the way that money is spent. That's a huge one. Uh, you can have unconscious expectations that have been imprinted on you because that's just the way you've always done it. That's the way you've always done it. You, or maybe you learned something along the way. And so because that's just ingrained in you, it becomes an un, unconscious expectation. Well, because I've learned it that way and the, because I do it that way, everyone should do it that way. And it's kind of like, well, duh. Right. Yet that so often leads to issues in our relationships, in our homes, because we have these unconscious expectations. That someone else has no idea about. Their experience is completely different. Their journey is completely different. Their personality is completely different. Uh, The whole whole gamut. And so these unconscious expectations rear their head. And there becomes these places of strife and battle in our home. They're unrealistic. I think we've all faced unrealistic expectations. Things that other people expect us to do that we just can't do. Uh, you know, I remember, and so many of you do as well. When we didn't have voicemail, or you, uh, we didn't have text message. Of course, I, I lived in a in a home when I was growing up where the phone was connected to the wall with a wire uh, we didn't have an answering machine I remember when we got our first answering machine it was a big deal but here's the thing if you missed someone's call you missed their call you didn't even know but now we have text messages and we have voicemail and we have Facebook messaging and you can message through any number of apps and whatsapp and all of these different things and so they're an email and there's so many different ways for someone to get a hold of you and this is this is just one example of where unrealistic expectations 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 come into play. So so for example, someone might say, well if I send someone a text message, I expect them to reply within five minutes. I expect them, if I text someone, I expect them to reply within five minutes. Well, that would be an unrealistic expectation for a number of reasons. You don't know what that person is up to. You don't know what they're in the middle of. You, 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 you're not aware of what's happening in their lives. And so that's just not a realistic. Expectation and and you can keep adding, you can fill in I'm sure in fact if if you have the opportunity maybe it, with the group that you're watching with today, talk about maybe some of the unrealistic expectations that you've encountered in your life don't go don't point fingers at anyone, but maybe talk kind of in a broad sense. The third thing is this they're unspoken. I have an expectation, but I've never actually said it out loud. I've just thought about it. It's just something that's internal, but you should know. You should just somehow magically just know. You should be able to just discern and sense, or common sense would say, right? That's that's the other thing. Like, oh, we've, common sense just dictates that you would just know. But but here's the thing: is is we're all different, and how we think about the world and we function in the world is different. And so, if an expectation is unspoken, then the other person may not know what you're expecting and that can lead to strife. And then, of course, they can be unagreed upon. The expectations are often unagreed upon. They are they are a place where uh, I have an expectation and the person that I have that expectation of has no idea, maybe doesn't even know, uh, but even more than that, hasn't agreed to that expectation. They haven't said, yes, I agree, I will do this, that, and the other, or I'll act in a certain way or do a certain thing, and so we get all kinds of tension that comes in because we have unagreed upon expectations. You know, if you've ever been in an argument or a heated conversation, where maybe there's this this thing in the back of your mind where you're going, I'm not even sure what we're arguing about. I don't understand. It seems like the issue is not the issue that there's something deeper. So often, that that sense, that feeling that you have, is really centered around an un uh, un, unconscious, unrealistic, unspoken, or unagreed upon expectation. Maybe you find yourself being irritated. Maybe you just find yourself going, "I'm, I'm frustrated in this situation. I'm irritated by what's happening." And it's an opportunity to check our own expectations, right? So this is. Let me just pause here for a second. This, this message is not about you telling everyone what you expect of them, and then making sure that they follow through because that will just create all kinds of other issues in your home. We start with ourselves. We have to check our own hearts. And I'll give you a couple of things here uh, in a second. One of the things that Pete Schizero says in, in his book is this, that we need to stop m- mind reading, stop mind reading and clarify expectations. Stop minding mind reading and clarify expectations. You know, mind reading where I'm I'm trying to think about what it is that you're thinking or un- trying to think about why you're what your motivation was for doing something. I see this so often in in relationships between couples, uh, you know, husband and a wife or between children is that someone will do something and then we analyze it. We mind read and go, "Oh, they must have done that because" and we fill in the gap and then we get angry. We get we there, there there's a battle that ensues over that either internally or externally, because we're mind reading, that we have to stop mind reading, that we, we have to arrive at clarity, and we have to be able to, as a team, work to, together and communicate clearly. Proverbs fourteen fifteen says this, the simple believe anything, but the prudent give thought to their steps. The simple believe anything, but the prudent give thought to their steps. Well, What does the simple mean? That doesn't mean uh, dumb. That doesn't mean stupid. The the simple is the person who just kind of functions within their default setting, that they don't challenge themselves, that there's not an emotional awareness or taking a a moment to stop and evaluate, to look around and try and figure out what's going on. They They just see things and just go for it. They just move forward. See, the simple believe anything. They'll just they'll just believe whatever lie, whatever circumstance is there. But 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 the writer of Proverbs says this: the prudent, the one, the one who is wise, the one who takes their time, the one who walks carefully, says this: that they give thought to their steps. They slow down and they consider what what is it that I'm doing? What is it that I'm feeling? What is it that's going on? What's the circumstance? What's the situation? And so often we rush into situations, we rush into arguments, we rush into confrontation without stopping, without slowing down, without assessing even our own hearts, our own circumstances, looking at our own lives and going, why am I feeling the way that I'm feeling? Proverbs 19.11 similarly says this, a person's wisdom yields patience. It is, it is to one's glory to overlook an offense. A person's wisdom yields patience. That, that to ask God for wisdom and to gain wisdom, that, that the, the, the more wise we become, the more patient we become, which those, those are fruit of the Spirit. Those are a result of what God is doing internally in our lives. Wisdom yields patience. It is to one's glory to overlook an offense. That, it, that God honors, he looks, it, 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 is a, it is an honorable thing, it is a glorious thing in our lives. It makes us look good, it looks, it makes us really walk more like Jesus when we choose to over, overlook an offense. Jesus said, if someone slaps you on one cheek, what are we to do? Turn the other cheek, let them have the other one as well. And it seems so crazy that he would say that, but he's echoing the same sentiment here. It is to, uh, it is to uh, our glory that we would overlook an offense. There is wisdom in that. And it doesn't mean that we just let people walk over us. This is not the heart behind this. What it's saying is, is that we make sure that we're evaluating ourselves, that we deal with the expectations and the assumptions that we have internally. And so I wanna give you three things, three practical things that you can do in, both with yourself and within your home, uh, to clarify expectations. First is this, number one, check your heart. Check your heart. When when something, you come up against an an unmet expectation, when there's something, there's an assumption that you have and something doesn't go the way you expect. And, And there is just that, maybe that frustration or even anger that rises up in you. Check your own heart. Take a look internally and ask the Lord to help you. Help him to, ask him to reveal, what is it that's going on? Why do I feel this way? What's really happening? Uh, we, so often we even will come out of our week, our work day, our day at school, and we'll bring things into our home and it'll just be kind of weighing on us and then something will happen in our home and, and it will create tension or it'll create a battle in our home. And we have to stop in that moment and go, wait, what's happening here? Let me check my heart. Man, I'm dealing with some anxiety. I'm dealing with some stress from the workplace. Well, I need to check that. Or maybe I do have an assumption of an an expectation that was unmet. But check your own heart. Is it an unconscious expectation? Is it something that, that you didn't clearly communicate? Is it something that the other person didn't even agree to? Check your own heart. The next thing is this. Ask. Ask so much tension and so much strife can be overcome by just simply having a real conversation, a patient real conversation. And so you can ask this, you could simply say this, can I check an assumption that I have? If there's something happening and there's a point of disagreement or a point of frustration you have, and this will work with anyone, you can even do this at work, you can do this in any environment. And to to, to sit down with someone and say, could I check An assumption that I have and if they say yes then you proceed and you could say something like I I think that you think blah 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 is that correct now this is whether you have an expectation of someone else or you feel like someone has an expectation of you it goes both ways I think that you think that I am supposed to do blah 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 is that correct and it gives them the opportunity to say yes or no. And, and very often, what will happen is they'll go, no, 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 that's, that's not what I expect. That's not what I wanted. That's not what I was looking for. Or maybe they'll say, yeah, that's actually what I expect. And then you can have a conversation from there that goes about clarifying that expectation. And, and we'll talk a little bit more about those in, in just a second. So ask. Just ask. Have a conversation. Let, let take the teeth of the enemy and the, the guile of the enemy and the opportunity for the enemy to, to break into the silence and sow seeds of doubt. Have a conversation. Just talk it out and see what God says in the midst of this. And then finally, clarify, clarify your expectations. Clarify your expectations in your home. Valid expectations are these: They're, they are conscious, they are realistic, they are spoken and they are agreed upon. So the very opposite of the unmet expectations. They're conscious. They're things that we actually think about. We give thought to them, we give time, we, we plan, we, we uh, assess even in our own homes as as parents that we would agree what our expectations are and, and have conscious expectations of our children, of our, of how our home would function. And the next thing is this, that they would be realistic. They have to be realistic unrealistic expectations will just lead to frustration. They have to be realistic. Do you have to ask, does this person have the ability and the capacity to do the thing I'm expecting of them? Do they have the ability and the capacity to do the thing that I'm asking of them? Or is there enough time? Is there enough time for them to get this done? Or do they have the the tools or the resources that they need in order to accomplish the thing that I'm expecting them to do. So they need to be conscious, they need to be realistic, and they need to be spoken. They need to be said out loud. Uh, Express the expectation clearly. And this can't be done on the fly. This can't be done as you're walking out the door or in the midst of an argument already. You need to have a, a, a place Where you can sit down and have this conversation and express, express, excuse me, that expectation clearly. What is it that I am expecting? And you get to express that and communicate that or they get to express that to you and communicate that to you. And here's the thing, good communication leads to understanding. So if the person doesn't understand what you're communicating, then, then it's not clear. If they don't understand, then that doesn't mean that it's spoken then it's misunderstood and it'll lead to other issues. And so clear communication is so important at this point. And then finally, it needs to be agreed upon. It needs to be agreed upon. The other person has to agree to the expectation. Now, if they don't agree, then there's more conversation that's needed or you have to be able to go, okay, then I need to set that expectation and that assumption aside. If it's something that is critical to the, the, the function of your home, then you have to keep working on it until there's a place of agreement that is arrived at within your home. So these are just some practical tools. And, and they are, they're somewhat simplistic, they're easy to use, but they can absolutely transform the atmosphere of your home and can lead to absolute thriving in your home. I know these tools made a huge difference in my marriage, in my home, and I know they can in yours. I'm going to close with this. God is clear with us. He's clear. He he's not wishy-washy. He doesn't beat around the bush. He clearly, expect, he clearly communicates His expectations of how we will live. He doesn't even force it. He waits for us to agree to how we would live and serve Him. And he makes those expectations clear in his word that to be a part of the kingdom of God and the family of God is, agree, is to agree to, is to, to look at the expectations that God has with us and for us. How much more then do we need to bring clarity and communication into our homes to stop mind reading and to allow the Spirit of God, as we invite in, in, in him into our homes, to give us the ability to do these things? Well, I want to encourage you, take time, take time, maybe start with yourself and maybe write out a list. What are some of the things that I, expectations that I have, and maybe even categorize them and say, here's some unconscious expectations. Here's some unagreed upon expectations. Here's some things that haven't been clearly communicated and, and, and give some effort, give some time to that and do the work as a team in your own. I'd love to pray with you. Jesus, thank you that you bring unity, that you bring peace, that you bring strength into our homes. Holy Spirit, that you are present with us to work and to move and to teach and to instruct and to direct. And so, Lord, I pray as we engage in the work, Lord, of clarifying expectations, Lord, as we stop mind reading, and Lord, that we we would be people, Lord, who follow your example, that, Lord, that we would walk with patience, Lord, that we would turn the other cheek, that we would overlook and that we would walk, walk around offense and that the opportunity to be offended, Lord, that we would do the, the internal work that's needed by your Spirit, Lord, with your strength. Even as we celebrated by sharing communion today, the bread, Lord, that brings healing to our very souls, that you would heal the broken places in our souls, Lord, that lead to assumptions and unmet expectations, Lord, unconscious things in our lives. Lord, that we carry with us. Lord, bring that healing. And Lord, bring that into our homes so that we can thrive in Christ together. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, I love you. Praying for you. Have an amazing week. Invite someone to join you for service in your home and worship with them next weekend. God bless you.